DNA tells the story of a 40 million year long battle between primates and deadly pathogens. Up next on The Scope. Examining the latest research and telling you about the latest breakthroughs. The Science and Research Show is on The Scope. Postdoctoral fellow Matt Barber and Nels Eldy, assistant professor of human genetics at the University of Utah, published a paper in the journal Science documenting an incredible battle for survival between infectious bacteria and primates that has been raging for 40 million years. I'm joined today by Dr. Barber. Why do you think knowing this story is important? Well, when we think today about the emerging resistance of bacteria to antibiotics and we're sort of losing our arsenal of drugs and therapies that we can use against some of these pathogens. And so understanding the sort of new weapons we can use against them, I think is really important. I think we're all familiar with the immune responses that our bodies normally mount to fight off infections. We sneeze, we have to blow our nose, but your story focuses on a different type of response. Right. So what we're talking about here is often referred to as nutritional immunity. So the idea here is that um, primarily primarily it's been focused on iron. So iron is an essential nutrient, uh, not just for us, but for also cellular microbes that inhabit our body. So bacteria, fungi, um, all these guys. And so one sort of passive means of immunity is to effectively starve bacteria of nutrient iron. Um, So the iron in our bodies is almost entirely bound by chaperone proteins or other factors that effectively hide this nutrient um, from potential invading uh, pathogens. And scientists have actually known about this uh, nutritional immunity for a long time. But I think what your story does is, is show how important it really is. So what our story is really telling is that really for the, at least the last 40 million years of primate evolution um, and probably in human populations today, that this battle for iron um, between bacteria and primates is been a determining factor for our survival as a species, perhaps. So how did you go about figuring this out? What was your first clue that this was important? Right. So our story, story primarily focuses on a, um, a primate gene called transferrin. So this is a protein that floats around our bloodstreams, and it's been known for the last 50 years as the iron transporter um, in our body. So transferrin in the bloodstream binds free iron, transports it throughout the body, and then delivers it to our cells. Um, But it turns out transferrin is also an abundant source of iron for um, pathogens. So we um, sequence the transferrin gene from 21 um, related primate species. So this represents about 40 million years of um, primate evolution. And then we can use statistical analyses to say, are the actual amino acids in this protein rapidly evolving across different species? And it turns out 16 of the 18 amino acids that we identified were all in this um, sea lobe of transferrin, um, which really suggests that there was something interesting happening in that part of the gene. One of the most striking things to me in your paper was, is this picture of the bacterial protein yes. reaching for iron that's being bound by the transferrin protein. And where these mutations happen is, is right at that interface. It's, exactly. it's like, wow, we've really got to protect this, this one spot. Right. Yeah. And so when we have this signature of rapid evolution, that leads to the question of what's driving it. You know, why do we see this at all? And we had, you know, some information from the literature that bacteria that steal iron from transferrin, they encode these um, surface proteins, these receptors um, called TBPA. So this is a receptor that's used by several important human pathogens. So Neisseria meningitidis is the causative agent of meningococcal disease. Haemophilus influenzae is a pathogen. If you have kids, they've probably received the Hib vaccine. So Mm. this is a potent... um, pediatric pathogen, as well as Neisseria gonorrhea, so is the causative agent of gonorrhea. So a lot of these important 
human bacterial pathogens utilize TBP receptors. And what we saw was that when we map the sites that are rapidly evolving in transferrin, all 16 of those sites in the C lobe under selection um, were interacting with TBPA. So you know that these mutations accumulate in, in one particular spot. And so how do you know that they're really important? I think the strength of the study came from merging that evolutionary approach and using it as a guide for an experimental biochemical approach. And so what I did was purified transferrin proteins from several different primates. So for example, we made a single mutation that represents one of the few changes between human and chimpanzee transferrin. And that single amino acid, which is also under selection when we look across the whole primate lineage, that single amino acid was able to block this interaction. So this suggests this is functional genetic differences between humans and chimps, presumably related to bacterial immunity. You could make some of the mutations that you saw in these different primates. You can make them in the lab and show that they actually had an effect. Exactly. That must have been kind of a eureka moment for you. That was one of my favorite experiments I've probably ever done in my scientific (laughs) career. Um, And of course, bacteria aren't going to take this lying down, right? Right. And if we look at the genes for this transferrin receptor, TBPA, across many different bacterial pathogens, it turns out they also show these signatures of rapid evolution. And it's specifically in the interface of the protein that binds to transferrin. So this is sort of what we think is seeing the flip side of the arms race um, from the bacterial perspective. This story still plays out in the DNA of people alive today. Exactly. It turns out that actually for you know, several decades, we've known about variation in the transferrin gene in humans. And so there's a variant of the genes called C2. And it turns out the C2 transferrin variant in humans is very abundant. You know, in a room of 100 people, you know, several people are going to have at least one copy of this gene. And the C2 variant is, um, comes down to a single polymorphism, a single amino acid change in transferrin. What was really interesting is that C2 transferrin cannot be bound by receptor from Haemophilus influenzae, but it could from some of the Neisseria pathogens like gonorrhea. And so this was also the start of appreciating some of the underlying genetic variation on the side of the ba- bacteria that some mm-hmm. could not see this human variant and some um, didn't care. And I think it's fair to say that if if you were just to look at the human DNA sequence, you, you wouldn't necessarily appreciate kind of the history of, of what has been going on. That's right. And again, that's maybe another reason why this hasn't been picked up before is that, you know, if we consider studies of human genetic variation, we're looking on timescales of thousands or maybe tens of thousands of years. Um, and when we look back, you know, there's potentially no strong signatures of rapid evolution and transparent within humans, despite the fact that we see variability. Whereas if we overlay that with the 40 million years of primate evolution that we can look at and understand, this sort of gives us a broader perspective on what might be driving some of these interesting changes. And do you think if we were to do a similar analysis um, that our DNA might have other stories to tell? Absolutely, yeah. And so some other work I'm doing in the lab is applying the same approach to think about asthma susceptibility. So Mm. for example... People have looked at genes um, that are different between humans that relate to the ability to um, develop asthma. And many of these genes are involved in immunity. And if we, again, look instead of within human populations, if we look across primates, many of these genes appear to also be rapidly evolving. So I think this is, you know, kind of the tip of the iceberg. Discover how the research of today will affect you tomorrow. The Science and Research Show is on the scope. 